Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello everyone and welcome to the latest edition of Grecian's Gossip. Uh, I'm Howard Lloyd. I'm joined by David Byram. Hello. And Jamie Hawkins. Hello. No Dan Clark with us today. Just the three of us so we'll uh, press on, do the best we can. Um... Most obvious place to start, I suppose, uh, Forest Green Rovers, slightly bizarre game. David, Jamie, you were both at it. Do you want to tell anyone, in case there's anyone out there who hasn't heard about what happened and uh, just a bizarre series of events around it, really? I think we both only just dried out, to be honest. <laughs> it, was, it was that wet. Um, yeah, so obviously the, the game was abandoned at half-time. Uh, the referee didn't have much choice at that point. The, the rain, whilst perhaps not the heaviest rain you, you'll ever see, it was just persistent. And uh, the, the thing was, it, the pitch was playable, you know, at about 2 p.m. and it, it, it was playable at, at the kickoff, and it wasn't raining too hard. And yeah, there, were, there was a bit of discussion in the press box: will this game get called off or not? And it was about 50-50 split because no one was really too sure. But you know, I guess playing on the pitch as well was the, the, with the, the how heavy it is at the moment, and combined with the rain, I guess it just made it completely un- unplayable. And, Lots of, of sort of standing water by the end. Um, you can't really blame the referee for any anything either. You know, as as I said, it was playable at, at two p.m. and three p.m. And you know, if he'd have called it off, it'd been soft law that the weather forecast would have been wrong and it brightened up by about half three. Mm. So uh, the ref didn't really have an option. Um, you know, I guess just a, a little frustrating for all the fans who, who sort of turned out and you know didn't get to see a, a game of football in the end. Mm. Jamie, you agree? Right call by the ref to start the game, but not press on after half time. Yeah, I mean, it had been raining pretty constantly. It wasn't too heavy, it was just constant. I mean, it had been raining from about midday, and as the game went on, you could just tell that like, the puddles were, were getting deeper, and you know the ball wasn't uh, moving as freely, and players just slipping, especially in the, the corner um, of the big bank. You know, if you go down there, it's it's dangerous in a way anyone could perhaps get a, cause an injury um, so yeah I don't think there were many complaints you know being the big bat no one was seemed too disappointed that it was it was called off um, I think most people just wanted to get home in the, the warm and the dry but um, yeah it was a first for me being at a game abandoned didn't really know what to do uh, at half time um, especially with the tickets and that but that all got sorted but um, yeah it wasn't a particularly great game before then anyway so I think the ref did, did everyone a favour in a way <laughs> yeah David I think you put a thing up on your Twitter feed didn't you showing just how just how wet it was but from the press box how did it play out because I've never been involved in a game that was abandoned either so what, what happened um, it was a, I think because it was half time it was a, just a, a you know a bit of a weird one because the way the press box is at City now that the players time is pretty much right beneath us uh, so we saw the referee walking like, you know he went out at half time did, did a couple of tests and sort of walked back, shaking his head. At that point, we thought, well, this is going to be off. But um, then, uh, you know, then Paul Tisdale and, and Mark Cooper were called out by the referee, and they just sort of shook hands in front of us on the pitch, and we were like, yeah, definitely off then. And, mm-hmm. You know, there, there wasn't actually really a, a, a anyone who came up and said, this is definitely off. It was just, you know, everyone sort of just kind of guessed, and then it came out of the tannoy. So, 
I don't know what the protocol is there for, to inform the press that anything going off, but you know it was pretty obviously off. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Sure. And in terms of what City have done now for you know people who are at the game, refunds, you know tickets for the match, the replay, all of that sort of thing. How how does it pan out now? Um, I well, Jamie's probably in a better position to answer this than me. Uh, yeah. So it sounds like if you already bought a ticket, just keep hold of it and just use it next time. If you pay on the gate, um, you should have picked up a, a voucher on the way out. Um, if you haven't, it might be too late. <laughs> um, season ticket holders, I think the club are contacting you. So it was pretty straightforward. They were quite quick to, obviously there's always a, a plan in place if a game gets abandoned. Um, so yeah, it's just waiting to see when, when it's rearranged for a Tuesday night in February or March, I, I guess. Fifth time playing playing four screen this season. Yeah, sick of them now. They're going to know each other pretty well, you'd have thought by by the end of it. I guess the frustrating thing is, by all accounts, City weren't playing too badly by the by the time the game was. No, they they were playing all right. Yeah, Mm. they weren't. uh, I wouldn't go as far as to say they were dominating, but you know they created the better chances. Forest Green. The only way they sort of looked at looked like getting in behind City was was through a couple of defensive mistakes. Uh, which you probably always expect in on a pitch and in, in, in weather like that. Uh, you, you know, City were just playing sensibly. They weren't committing too many men forward because in weather like that, you, you shouldn't really do that. And uh, they'd had a couple of goals ruled out for, for various things. Not really too sure if either of them were, were correct. Um, the offside, marginally offside, I would say, and the handball, you know, you, you've seen them given, you've seen them not given. Uh, but I mean, I don't think you can call them controversial decisions in the fact that both times that the whistle went way before the ball ended up in the back of the net, so they didn't didn't exactly change anything to a certain extent. But it, apart from that, City hadn't created too many chances, but you know they they were on the front foot and you know they were they were playing quite well and sort of just playing for the conditions, playing quite sensibly. Mm, sure. Well, let's have a listen to what uh, Paul Tissell had to say about the game and the. Uh... The abandonment as well. He's got to make his decision, and he made it. And uh, it's hard to hard to argue it really. And now looking at it, you see the floodlights reflecting off the water. It's uh, it's a very wet St James's Park. So um, referee made his choice. I think he was I think he was sort of primed for it himself before the game started. I think he was ready for it. I haven't almost seen the forecast, but as a team, you just got to. Get on with it. And he wait for the referee. I don't quite know why he walked Mark Cooper and myself out onto the pitch <laughs> to shake our hands to walk back in. I could have done with staying inside, but <laughs> I think that was. Um, I think he was trying to make Mark and I complicit in the decision. But, <laughs> we, but other than that, we've got no qualms at all with what, uh, what the referee did. Just testing the jacket out for water. I think. <laughs> I think I already. I think I already did that. Yeah. There's no such thing as bad weather. Just bad gear. And I don't have bad gear, so I was fully warm. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, what were the players saying at, at half-time when I presume they all thought the game was still on at that, at that stage? I think we, it was. I mean, it was a highly unusual sort of game with the with, with the surface as it was. A lot of the players did really well. well we, we created some really good chances, um, and they came in and they were ready for the second half. They were they were busy putting on their dry kit. You know, we have we have a, a dry set of kit for these sort of circumstances. So they were busily getting changed in there. And I just said, you know, you don't go into coaching as a manager or coach to talk about page 467, but today it's 467. The ball's got to be in there half more than it's in ours. Don't fall over and stick it in the mixer. And that was kind of, you know, that was kind of what today was about. And we just didn't get the chance to come out and play the second half. But um, we'll have to do it again and play Forest Green for the 
fifth time this year. Yeah, yeah, we become bored of each other. Is it? Is it a slight worry then? I suppose for you that uh, you know fixtures might pile up later on in the season. What choice have we got? No, you don't. What choice have we got? So, and I suppose we got an FA Cup game in uh, what is it? Twelve days time. Yeah. Eleven days time. It's a high quality problem. Um, you know, what do we do against West Brom? Try not to win it because that means another game. I don't know. We just got to you to play the game in front of you. We, we accumulate as many points as we can along the way. We we have as many good players available to be selected from, and that's how teams go on and do well. And uh, you know, we've okay halfway through the sixth the year. I mean, we might have lost our third place today because of the other results. Will surely provide some winners who maybe push us out third but second half of the season ready to go good squad of players maybe we can do some business in January to strengthen even further and we get ourselves you know geared up for the second half we can do nothing about the weather and it seems every time we play here chucks it back I mean you compare to last year where almost it was the opposite you know we got through the winter with hardly a hardly a, a, a spot of mud on the pitch this year it's going to be I think literally the opposite so that's, that's the major worry for us, is how the pitch um, fares up. I mean, the, the rain helps the surface, but it also means that the, it will deteriorate quicker as well. So I think we've got two games coming up, Barnet, West Brom, and we've just got to, just got to hope the groundsmen can do their best with what is a very old-fashioned, average football pitch. But we'll do our very, very best, and then Clive and Chaz and the others will, and Pat will do their very, very best to make sure they make it playable. And, after plates in the conditions. All right, that was uh, Paul Tisdale uh, talking there. I guess next up for City, we've got uh, Barnes and Newport. Um, Jamie, just how important are those games, do you think, uh, you know, on the Saturday and then Bank Holiday Monday coming up for City? Yeah, um, especially, you know, after the game being called off yesterday, it sort of slipped down a bit and, you know, it's so tight and, well, it's standard league too. The playoff race is about 12 teams involved mm-hmm. in it, but... You know, all of a sudden um, after the game, you're already chasing chasing a few teams with a game in hand. So it does make the Barnet game particularly important. Um, you know, a side that are really struggling. I think they're right down there at the, the bottom of League Two. Um, so you've got to be looking at, at three points there. You know, especially with the home form as well, which has been pretty decent so far this season. Be interesting to see what, what sort of state the pitch is in um, come Saturday. And then on to Newport, you know, seem to have a, a decent record at, at, at Rodney Parade, but they've really picked up um, since the new manager, I can't remember the name of Tom My Head's come in last season. They played us um, at the park last season towards the end and pulled off a great escape and they played really well. Um, so it's going to be a tough game up there. Um, you know, St James's Park pitch and the Newport pitch probably won't be great playing surfaces so it's going to be interesting how, how Tisdale opts for, for tactics um, perhaps play a little more direct I think he's been saying lately that the pitch at the park hasn't been great and you know it's not been perhaps the best footballing surface for, for him to want um, so it's going to be a massive game the Barnet game you've got to be looking at, at three points especially after the game being called off yesterday I think the pressure's really on now what would you call a kind of a good return from those two? You think? I think four points from mm-hmm. that Barnet win, and then Newport away. You know the foot away from has been great. Dave was saying four losses in a row away. Four mm-hmm. league losses. So it's yeah. you know it's, it needs to turn at some point, and you feel that Newport there. I think they're sort of 
up there at the moment. Um, you know, in an outside chance of the playoffs. So, yeah, I think a point there would be a great result. Mm. Yeah. David, you agree? Four points. You think that's what City need to be looking at? Yeah, uh, definitely more than three points. Yeah, uh, you know, it's got to be Barnet the, the form they're in. Uh, since City played Barnet on the twelfth of September, Barnet have only won twice in the league, which sort of shows how how poor their form is. And uh, you know their their sort of talisman John Akinde hasn't played much. I think he's only played ten games this season through injury. So you know they're they're not a great Barnet side and should really be looking for three points there. And then uh, Newport uh, away from home, and uh, you know last season the Rodney Parade pitch was an absolute state, but it's been redone in the summer and apparently it's a lot better now. You know which which should suit City and you know. Last season it was a, a comfortable victory against the Graham Wesley managed Newport side who were very poor. This season they've improved and uh, you know they came to Park earlier this season and played quite well. But um, I think really and truly it's the sort of games that you need to take something from after some poor form away from home against teams they should be beating like Yeovil on, on, on Saturday. Mm. Well, it's interesting that I mean Jamie, you mentioned how hectic the the playoff race is as per every season in in League Two, but obviously that danger that City start dropping back a little bit. I mean, they've obviously got the game in hand, but uh, I think managers always prefer points on the board, don't they? I'm yet to meet the manager that prefers games in hand over <laughs> points on the board. So, uh, um, Especially with uh, with West Brom in a week and a half. That's another weekend City have off from... from yeah, well. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, will, they, will that be a concern at this point, David, do you think? I think they've still got enough time of the season left uh, for it to not concern them hugely. Yeah, I mean, Paul says I was asked, we heard in the audio, he was asked after the, after the Forest Green abandonment, uh, what you know? What are your thoughts on the fact you might have a bad rugby game coming up? And he said, "Well, what can we do about it? There's not much, not much you can do <laughs> other than try and lose a West Brom game. <laughs> yeah. that they're not going to do. So uh, you know, it, it's it, as Paul Tizard said, it's almost a a high quality problem to have in, in a way because it shows you've done well and shows you are having to rearrange games like Crew and you know which was supposed to be instead of the West Brom game because you you've done well in a cup competition. So. You know, there's not much I can do about it really, apart from you know just try and win the games they play. Mm, sure. And you mentioned the uh, the overall result at the uh, the weekend. The thing I'm running saying we were watching the highlights just before we uh, started recording this, and um, I think it's safe safe to say that City were probably the architects of their own downfall in that match. Very much so. Uh, yeah, as you, as you said uh, about the, the the mistake Lloyd James made for the first goal. Rule one when you play in that position is not to pass across the face or in box, mm. and that's exactly what he did, and they got punished. Uh, hold himself back into the game, uh, and then go and just commit suicide with a, a just a really shoddy soft penalty, but a penalty nonetheless. Despite the fact a lot of City players didn't seem to think so at the time, but you know, looking back at the replay at the time, no doubt that was a penalty. Um, and the, the, I think the frustrating thing was as well, City were playing all right, but and, and nil nil, and you know they'd had a couple of chances, and uh, I think really well and truthfully they they have got to be more uh, clinical away from home when when they are on top in games, and it's something that seems to have deserted them in recent weeks. When you compare it to last season, you know they they have one chance they score, they they see the game out from that, and they they just seem unable to do that this season. Mm. Yeah, Jamie, from your point of view, I mean. Taking the defensive mistakes out of it, which is obviously quite a big part of the game. But I mean, what did you make of the, sort of the overall performance, other than those sort of key moments? Yeah, I mean, it, it was just failing to do the basics. Really, you mentioned the Lloyd James mistake, but just simple passes going straight out for thrones or just giving it straight to the opposition, which is always going to put you in, in grave danger. But 
you know, as State said, up until that goal, we looked all right. Um, I think it was McAlin that had a shot that was tipped over by Krojak. Um So, yeah, it was looking all right. I think going into that game, you know, had a decent record against Yeovil in the league. Um, it's struggling side, big away following, you expect and come to a win as we've had, um, you know, I've been there a couple of times and we've won comfortably. But, um, you know, when that goal goes in, it just gives the home crowd a lift. Um, and, you know, they never look back from that, um, really. You know, second half, I can't really remember many shots on goal, to be honest. Um, when Stockley gets the goal to make it 2-1, thinking a late, you know, frantic finish, nice comeback, and then you go up the other end and Christy Pym makes a, a pretty poor uh, decision and a poor tackle and the game's over all of a sudden. So, yeah, it was really disappointing. But, you know, the overall play wasn't too bad, um, but the away from is worrying now, you know, four losses in a row. So it's something that needs, it needs working on. Uh, and quickly, yeah. Mm, sure. Well, I mean, looking ahead to the Barnet game, Dave, can you see Tiz making many changes for it, you think? Um, I wouldn't say so from, from Saturday. Uh, oh, no, Tuesday, sorry. <laughs> yeah. That's how we No, I wouldn't say so. You know, they played all right in the first half and, and you know, on another day could have gone in ahead. So, uh, unless there are any, any injuries, but it didn't look like it, um, there's not really much need to change anything, I would say, because... You know that sort of the, the sort of four five one they lined up with on on Tuesday. Um, it seems to work well in the first half, and then you've got players like Macklin and Carl Edwards who can come off the bench if if needs be. So I think you know just keep it as as is. To be honest, yeah. Jeremy, can you see that being the case, or are there any changes you'd like to see to still make? Not really. I mean, it was an interesting uh, lineup at against Forest Green. You know, with just Stockley up front. Obviously, Reed was. Was injured and McLinden was was dropped to the bench um, after another you know sort of frustrating performance at Yeovil. Um, so I can't see many changes. I mean, obviously he only played one half of football, so mm-hmm. uh, you know you've got to think there's a fairly full, fully fit squad. Um, you know Lee Holmes, um, perhaps you know give him another start. Um, good to see Dean Moxie at left back because I think that's you know his his favourite position, Crow Woman, hasn't been um, particularly impressive in, in recent weeks, so i like to see him start back there again. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, with more Taylor and um, you know, Wilson starting as well, it's good to see him back in the fold, so I can't see too many changes. Obviously, you've got to bear in mind the trip to, to Newport on, on Monday, um, so maybe, depending how the game goes, he plays the same team and then Opts to make some changes later on. Um, so yeah, I'd like to see. I won't be against the same team for for Forest Green. Mm, okay. Well, uh, one man who looks likely to to feature is Jaden Stockley. Uh, David, you caught up with him. Let's have a listen to what uh, he's got to say about the Barnet match coming up. No, I guess the referee didn't really have much choice here, did he? No, I mean I'm looking at the pitch now and it, it is unplayable. It's a shame, really. It started off all right in the warm up, and then just with the if it hadn't rained, we'd have been fine, but. The rain coming down there was puddles in the pitch and just wasn't safe for either team. Uh, but I guess in a way, you know, perhaps a bit of a positive to get a bit more of a, uh, you know, a bit more rest in the legs ahead of Saturday. Yeah, hopefully the pitch is okay for Saturday because it'll be good for us for a, a bit, a bit more of an extended break, unlike most teams around this period. But yeah, it's just disappointing really to get psyched up for the game, do everything right on Christmas Day, and then for this to happen. Yeah, I guess 
it feels a bit of a waste of Christmas Day now, doesn't it? I know, yeah, you could have really let the, <laughs> let, it, let the pin out, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be professional and we'll prepare for Saturday. And, uh, you know, on the game itself, you know, City weren't playing too badly, were they? No, we uh, got two goals disallowed, tight ones, and... It was, we've done the best of playing on the pitch. I mean, sometimes it doesn't look that bad off the pitch, but it's a, it's a very difficult to play on. You can't change direction. You can't you can't push off. It, it's really difficult. And uh, I guess looking ahead now to, to Barnet, you're perhaps looking to, to just bounce back from from Saturday. Or, yeah, or that's it. Go yeah. again. Yeah, yeah we've got to go again. We've got to continue our good home form and uh, put in a good performance. And uh, I, I guess with with two games in. In the space of a few days, again, you know, this rest will come in handy now. Well. Yeah, it will do, yeah. We, um, we'll use it and hopefully it'll come to our advantage for the next couple of games. OK, thanks very much. Cheers. Was it, what did the players feel when it was called off? Was it, was it uh, right? Yeah, right decision? it was the right decision. The last 10 minutes got a bit silly and um, yeah. it was disappointing. We knew it, we knew it was touching. Yeah, I'd, I'd have been very surprised if we came out second half. Is it, is it difficult as a player? Because you almost probably knew before the game this was going to happen. Is it, is it must be a difficult situation to be in because... As the rain's coming down, you're almost thinking at the back of your head, this is probably going to be pulled off at some yeah, point. Yeah, you're almost thinking, try and get in front, and then hopefully yeah. um, hopefully the rain just holds off until uh, until later on in the game. But, you know, it wasn't to be, and uh, it was sort of a wasted day today, which is disappointing. And then you have Christmas Day as well, and yeah. you, you know, you have to be on, you know, strict lights and all the rest of it. It's yeah. a bit frustrating for the Yeah, the so that's, that's frustrating. We obviously want to get home now, and we get a chance to be with our families now, but, you know, it would have been great to get got a positive result today and then go back, but... You know, onto Saturday, and, and it, we should be we should be up for Saturday even more now. Still, the position in the league, and you know, yeah. halfway stage now, everything to play for. Yeah, too. everything is to play for. It's so tight, and uh, any team can put a run together, which we're capable of, which we've shown in the past. We just need to become more consistent because we're sort of putting in good performances followed by not so good ones. So mm. it's it's a case of getting consistent. Um, demanding more from each other and, and, uh, and holding their own. And the, the home forms, we've superb, eight wins out of 11, I think, at home, but the away form, a little bit more inconsistent than last season. Is it? Is that the real focus now? To yeah, I mean, it's a focus not to, to, to win every game, but especially mm. away, um, the slipping up, it's, it's getting too, e too easy and uh, we just need to demand more from each other because the, the quality in the squad is, is second to none. And, uh, mm. It's, a, it's an exciting group of players that should be should be getting better results away. Is it hard to put your finger on? Because obviously last year the yeah. home form was, you know, the away form was fantastic. The home form was a little bit inconsistent. Yeah, it, is, it is. It is difficult. We're we're getting on top in games, but we're mm. just not we're just not uh, as a team, you know, being clinical enough so far, especially in the early parts of games. So. It's something that we're looking at and that we're desperate to, to get right. Yeah, and as the window goes, Tiz suggested he might bring a couple in. And yeah. I guess any squad wants good competition for places. Oh, any squad that gets you know promoted from uh, from this league and any league you know adds in January and, uh, and and pushes on again. And hopefully that's probably what he's looking to do. That was uh, Jaden Stockley talking to David about the Barnet game. Um, I'll grab a couple of predictions off you guys if I can. David, how can you see that one going? Uh, I'll take. 2-0 to City. Okay. June? Yeah, I'll go for routine 3-1 three, 3-1 one. Three, one win. Okay, both both optimistic. I see your spirits haven't been uh, dampened, if you excuse the pun, <laughs> after the uh, Forest Green one. Um, finally, we do end again on that note, we do end with a, a question. Patrick Felvin asks, uh, how do refs decide if it's too wet to continue to play? Any takers? Um, <laughs> I think we pretty much saw at half-time with, with what Brett Huxable was doing by well, throwing the ball up in it's the air. It's the generic throw the ball up in the air test. Yeah, and sort of yeah. see if the ball is rolling enough to continue, because if it gets held up, uh, it's not so, not, uh, so much about the ball itself being held up. I think it's more about the, 
the sort of danger for players as well, you know, because tackles can come flying in. You know, you can easily see a sort of player just sort of trying to keep the ball rolling and then it being end up being caught by a late tackle that otherwise wouldn't have hurt them. So I think, you know, it's it's very much a safety issue more than a sort of perhaps an aesthetic issue, if that makes sense, <laughs> for, for referees over, over where the game can continue. Yeah. I can't help but think it's actually quite a brave decision by the ref. There must be quite a lot of pressure, I guess, on refs to get the game played, if you've done the first half already, that is. Um, so I, I wonder if it's actually quite a brave decision by a ref to, to actually because he's no, he's going to come under scrutiny, isn't he? If he uh, if you know there's any suspicion that the pitch was playable, I suppose. Yeah, but I I think as as everyone pretty much said post match, apart from Mark Cooper, who said he played on worse, which yeah. is a, a strange one. But uh, yeah, as everyone pretty much said, it, you know, with the rain continuing to fall, that he didn't, he wasn't left with much choice to be honest. Mm. But if those disallowed goals were. Stood and City were two 0 up yeah. at half time. Yeah, it's a different story. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I mean, I think. Do we have any idea if the game had been abandoned in the second half? Is there a point at which the score stands? Or? No, uh, no, we were having this discussion in the press box. Um, it, it, even if it's abandoned in the 80th minute, then City were four 0 up. They still have to replay the whole game. Okay. Uh, I remember once uh, going to watch Edsley versus Halifax, um, and Halifax were. Both teams were battling relegation. Halifax were one 0 up at half time. The rain continued to fall. Ref played on to about the 60th, seventieth uh, minute in the second half, um, and it was biblical conditions, and he had to call the game off. Uh, Halifax fans were furious, saying that Edsley should have fought the pitch as if that would make a difference. <laughs> but then uh, Edsley went and won the, won the River Inch game, which is quite satisfying. <laughs> but no, the the only thing that stands from. Uh, from a, an abandoned game is uh, bookings and, and red cards. Uh, okay. Everything else gets dropped off, yeah. Oh, that's interesting, yeah. I, was, I remember an Italian football match back in about, oh, I'm showing my age now, it must have been about 2001 or so, something like that, and I think Juventus were in the lead in the title race and they uh, they played Perugia, I remember, and it was raining so hard and Kalina was the referee, remember him? Oh, and yeah. he, uh, he was going out doing the whole, like, throwing the ball up in the air test and the pitch clearly wasn't playable, but... I think they didn't want to have that being the one last game of the season because it was on the final day. They didn't want to have this one outstanding game which would potentially decide the championship like, still to be played. So they played it. Juventus lost 1-0. I still remember, I think it was Marco Materazzi who scored the goal. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, Juve lost the title. And I always thought they must have been absolutely livid with that because the pitch was just no way playable, I thought. And they, uh, they ended up losing it, but, but there we go. Anyhow, off that little gem, thanks very much for joining us, everyone. And... Uh, yeah, tune in next week for another edition.